Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. The Bible is a book upon which the post-antiquity Western civilization was built upon. In this episode, we examine the canonical Gospels. When first written, the Gospels were called memoirs or memories. Only later were they referred to as Gospels, meaning glad tidings or good news in Greek. The four canonical or sacred Gospels that tradition attributes to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the primary sources for the life and message of Jesus. Gary Stevens of the History in the Bible podcast shares with us his views on this remarkable book, In Search of the Historical Jesus. The Evangelist and the Gospel of Matthew Matthew is the lengthiest of the Gospels. Matthew relies on Mark for the basics of his biography of Jesus, but he always adds little asides. Matthew takes some story or incident from Mark and then adds a coda about how Mark's story fulfills a passage from the Old Testament. With Matthew's preoccupation with Jewish scriptures, surely it is obvious that Matthew was a Jew. The Gospel of Matthew was written in the decades after the paramount Jewish institution of the Temple was annihilated in the year 70. Jewish society fractured into new groups. We never again hear of the Essenes, the Zealots, the Sicarii, the Priests, the Levites, and the Sadducees. We have little idea what became of them and who their political and social descendants were. There is one exception to that. Most scholars regard the rabbis as descendants of the Pharisees, although some argue much of their heritage was actually Essene. Matthew's readers were one of the new Jewish communities emerging after the fall of the temple. Matthew's community was engaged in a struggle for followers against the other communities who competed for the soul of Judaism. One view is that Matthew's readers were inside Judaism, attending the synagogues. They believed that what we would call Christianity was simply the right way to be a Jew. Of course a Jew must follow Torah. None of the other evangelists believe that. Paul spent his whole ministry arguing that Jesus had absolved his Gentile fans from adherence to Jewish law. Another view is that Matthew's community was outside Judaism, rejecting the synagogues. Matthew's readers were Jews with an attitude, Jews who had no truck with mainstream Judaism and the emerging rabbinical movement. In this view, Matthew's community was beginning to see itself as separate from all the other Jews. Until recently, Matthew's harsh polemic was interpreted as unequivocally anti-Jewish. On to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke is part of a package. From the earliest times, the author of Luke was also taken to be the author of the book of Acts. Amazingly, that is still the overwhelming professorial consensus. The language of the two books is so similar that any other conclusion would require very serious argument. Both books are anonymous. The Gospel of Luke is almost as long as that of Matthew. Luke includes somewhat less of the Gospel of Mark than Matthew, and has rather more original material than Matthew. Of course, the two share the Q source, since Q is defined as that which Matthew and Luke have in common. Luke sits with Mark as the least admired of the Gospels. Yet the Gospel of Luke has many of our favourite stories about Jesus. Luke is the only gospel with the parables of the Good Samaritan, the barren fig tree, 
the cure of the crippled woman, prodigal son, the dishonest steward, the rich man, the Pharisee, and the tax collector. Luke has much more to say about the birth of Jesus and John the Baptist than the other Gospels. Only Luke tells us of the connection between the two. Only Luke tells us of the Annunciation of John the Baptist to his father Zechariah, and the Annunciation of Jesus to Mary, and of Mary's visit to her cousin Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist. Only Luke has the three canticles celebrating the birth of John and Jesus. Only Luke tells us of the shepherds tending their flocks by night. In Luke, and only in Luke, do we hear of a second child before Pilate, and the child before Herod Antipas. Luke has a much longer account of the resurrection than the other Gospels. Luke is the only Gospel to narrate Jesus' ascension to heaven. Luke is the most polished of the evangelists. He opens his Gospel with a literary prologue typical of Hellenistic and Roman writers. His characters don't just say things, they declaim. Luke's vocabulary is the most extensive. He tries hard to use correct political terms. In his opening chapters, he provides a wealth of historical dates to precisely locate his stories. The other Gospels make no such attempt. Mark was written around the year 70. Add on 10 years for the Lucan author to become acquainted with that Gospel. That provides us with the earliest date for the Gospel, the year 80. The Church Fathers picked up on references to one Luke in some of Paul's letters. On the flimsiest of grounds, they decided that Luke was a doctor and companion to the Apostle Paul, who died unmarried in Greece in ripe old age. If the Lucan author really wrote around the year 80, then he could have been a companion to Paul, but not if he wrote around the year 140. Arguments can be made either way. A minority of scholars say that since the Lucan author knows none of Paul's letters, he must have written early in our time frame before Paul's letters were widely circulated. Most scholars argue the opposite. Everyone agrees that the Lucan author also wrote the book of Acts. Paul's letters contradict Acts over and over. Paul cares not a whit about Jesus' life on earth. The Lucan author writes an entire biography of Jesus. Paul is preoccupied with the cosmic significance of Jesus' death. The Lucan author thinks of Jesus as a martyred prophet. If the Lucan author really was Paul's companion, he did not listen to a single word that Paul said. The majority opinion is that the Lucan author was not an eyewitness to the apostolic mission, and he did not know Paul. He wrote perhaps 70 years after Paul's death, much closer to the year 140 than 80. Was Luke a Jew or Gentile? For many years, Luke was held to be a Gentile. His gospel shows the least interest in the Jews. He knows little of Jewish customs. He is ignorant of the geography of Judea. Nowadays there is no consensus. He could have been a Gentile. He could have been an upper-class Jew educated in Hellenistic schools. We just don't know. Matthew and Mark hold that Jesus' death was a ransom price paid to God to forgive earthly sinners. Whenever Luke borrows from Mark, he drops that idea. Time to tackle the odd man out the immensely popular Gospel of John. The three most referenced books of the Christian Bible are Psalms, Matthew and John. In its final chapters, the Gospel itself claims the book was written by the unnamed beloved disciple. The beloved disciple is Peter's best buddy and friendly rival. 
while the book is coy to the point of disingenuousness about the disciples' identity, all the early fathers thought that he was the Apostle John, son of Zebedee. His Jewish friends called him Jochenorn, and his Greek companions, Ioannus. The Gospel of John reads as though it has passed through many hands, a succession of committees. The book is full of awkward transitions and narrative jumps, like a badly edited film. In chapter 5, for example, Jesus has been speaking in Jerusalem. In chapter 6, he's suddenly and inexplicably teleported across the Sea of Galilee. At the end of chapter 14, Jesus declares, Rise, let us be on our way, and then stays put for three more chapters. Modern scholars attribute the book not to a single author, but to an entire school of thought, one we call the Johannine community. The Gospel of John reflects the trials and development of this school over the course of decades. The school encoded its struggles into the narrative of Jesus' life. We have no idea how this community related to the Jesus clubs founded by Paul. This community also wrote the three letters of John we find in the New Testament. All four works regard Jesus in a cosmological way that the other Gospels and Paul do not. All of them talk of the Word, of life and knowledge. In all of them, a central theme is love one another. John the Apostle was also held to be the author of the book of Revelation. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.